Knickknack number three. Sometimes stuff happens. In college, I was a music major, so I had to play a wind instrument. And when I was asked if I had been in band, I said yes. But I was a horrible trumpet player. So the band director gave me a French horn that belonged to the college. It was a loner. On homecoming day, after rehearsing with the band, we began the run to march out on the field during halftime of the football game. It had rained the night before, and as I was running out with my French horn, I slipped on the mud. All I could think of was that I didn't want to have to play for the damage to the loner horn, so I held it up above my face and landed flat on the mud, face down. Fast forward one generation. Our daughter was a clarinet player, and so she played cymbals in the marching band. She went to the same college I had attended. As the band came running out onto the field, as they always have, she slipped but held the cymbals out so she wouldn't land on them, and she fell flat on her face. Now, why did that happen? I tend to believe that she inherited her mother's klutziness. After I told her that it happened to me, also at homecoming in front of a huge crowd of people, she came to the conclusion that it happened to her because she inherited her mother's klutziness. Until now, it's always been sort of a secret within our family. I mean, who wants to admit that they fell flat on their face in the middle of the marching band program? But was that really the reason, my klutziness? Was it because we were using school instruments that caused us to fall? Absurd. Was it because the field wasn't properly taken care of? Are you kidding me for football on homecoming? There was really no reason there was no one to blame. The only good thing about it was that we both managed to save the instruments and we didn't have to pay for any repairs. Embarrassed as each of us was, we each got over it. In 2013, in October, the outskirts of our town got hit by a tornado. It took some farms in the country, some houses along the highway, and in town it took buildings and industrial parks. It took the airport, the softball fields, and several factories, including two that were leveled to the ground. One person was very badly hurt in a car traveling from another direction into town. The sirens went off, and most people took shelter. But it still happened. Ten months later, in June of 2014, a town 15 miles away was wiped out by two tornadoes. They called them twin tornadoes. And perhaps one of them, or another one from the same storm system, went on across country and took out farms and some animals and left many people shell-shocked from the event. Some lost their homes. No one knows why. The next night... 
Fifteen miles in the other direction was the beginning of another tornado that actually hit two different towns. No one knows why there was so much destruction. But it happened. People rebuilt. People recovered the best they could. Some didn't exactly get over it, but they went on. The little town that was destroyed rebuilt itself. Some of the homes that were destroyed were rebuilt. And everyone is as aware as they always were of the dangers of living in tornado country. But somehow, in spite of the hurt they experienced, in spite of the psychological scars, people tried to do the best they were able. They, general numbers of people that are unknown, say that everything happens for a reason. But I think that's a lot of bull. They usually want someone to blame. If a tornado hits a town, someone might say, well, the sirens didn't go off. If a tornado hits a town, someone may say, it was God's will. Someone may say, it's because someone did something wrong. It was punishment. Things happen. Finding a reason seems to be the predominant characteristic of our society today. We spend so much time trying to find a reason, we forget to give one another care and neighborly love. I'm not saying that reasons don't exist for some things. I'm saying that there is not a reason for everything. We cannot transform inanimate things, values that touch our hearts, into money. So often, when we determine a reason for a terrible event, we become more angry, not less angry. Reasons may not do any good. So-called closure is relative and usually unattainable. The only thing that works is to find something of redemption or prevention. Does anyone remember the TV show Dallas and when it ended? Do you remember what happened? I'll tell you, nothing, nothing happened. The world went on as usual. Oh yeah, there were a few spin-offs. There were some character returns. Once in a while, today, we see an article such as, whatever happened to Larry Hagman, the lead actor in the show? But the world went on. Do you remember what happened when the TV show All in the Family ended? Would we no longer listen to Archie Bunker whine and complain? Do you remember what happened? I'll tell you. Nothing. Nothing happened. The world went on as usual. There were interviews. There were some spin-offs. One was very successful. And there are frequent references and reflections about the show made almost always nostalgically. The world went on. Does anyone remember what happened when the show M.A.S.H. ended? Nothing. Yes, there were some spin-offs, there were character returns, and there are references to the show in conversation. 
But the world went on. Do you remember what happened when the TV show Apprentice ended? Nothing. Nothing happened except the lead character, whom no one had heard of except in New York City, got a better job. He went on to be president. Now that show has ended, and nothing is going to happen. But the world isn't going on in America. People keep thinking the show will return. Well, it won't. Get over it, America. Whether or not you thought Trump was the greatest show on earth, it's over. We need to go on. We need to stop thinking about one single person and start thinking about one another. There will be articles and interviews, but there's not going to be a spin-off. It's time to toss the mic. In the summer of 1989, United Flight 232 flew over the corner of northwest Iowa on its way from Denver to Chicago. After a sudden thunk noise, the pilot immediately realized that he had lost control of much of the mechanics of the airliner. As he and the first officer worked together, and with the help of the flight engineer, also a pilot, they began to calculate their alternatives. Another pilot came up to the cabin and said he thought maybe he could help if they would like his help. They did. The hydraulics on the plane had failed, all three systems all at the same time. In spite of the fact that later, trained pilots could not duplicate what the pilots on that day in Iowa accomplished, the plane landed at the airport in Sioux City, though not without some catastrophic results. Almost two-thirds of the passengers, including the flight crew, survived. One-third did not. Following the crash, there was plenty of help. Sioux City is a hub of several smaller communities within 20 or 30 minutes away, and each of those communities had rescue personnel. The Air National Guard was in training at the Sioux City Airport at the time, and they were able to help with the injured. The staff at the two large hospitals in Sioux City were in the middle of a shift change, so medical personnel was plentiful, at least at the time of the crash. Immediately, experts began to look for the cause. Most crashes are due to pilot error, but in this case, the end result was favorable because of pilot heroism, of combining efforts by other pilots, and quick thinking. After months of research, the experts came to the conclusion that there was a minute chemical failure in the manufacture of one of the components of a hydraulic engine. That, along with the resulting failure of all three hydraulic systems going down at the same time contributed to the accident. By the time these results came to light, people had gone on repairing their lives. Grief was in process, as was physical healing. 
people began to tell their stories of gratefulness and heroism. In other words, something bad happened, but everyone recognized that at least within themselves, they had to let it go. After it was over, there was no reason to expect it to happen again. When no rules were broken, or when the rule parameters are unclear, then it's just an event without a cause, and we have to learn to deal with that. If it had happened, then finding someone who is to blame often leads to nothing. Consider the time and effort that was involved in trying to find a single source for the COVID pandemic. On the other hand, if you did, if you did something bad, then you need to be accountable. And that is conducive to society. Cause and effect as a reaction to an event can be useful in certain cases, but not as useful as when used to explain all events. Sometimes bad things just happen. As a culture, we need to think of cause and effect as being less about accountability and more about prevention. We need to be less reactive about cause and effect. Of course, in cases of illegal activities and other disruptive behaviors, then it is necessary. But we need to think more often about cause and effect being preventative. The act of finding cause is judgmental. The act of evaluating effect is progress. Our current politicians seem to prefer making judgments about their own success rather than solving problems of citizens as a whole. Many of them are trying to manipulate cause in order to get the right effect for them, which is voter approval. Politics is no longer proactive. It is only about controlling cause, not about the effect. More often than not, political issues are about judgment and not about progress. Now, when things just happen, some people may give credit or blame to God. It's God's will, they'll say. My personal faith can be reduced to a few beliefs. There are many, but there are three important ones. First, God is greater than all things. Second, God is love and good. Third, God is timeless. God has given us the ability and the responsibility of making our own choices. And those choices are made within our lives here on earth. I believe that in most cases, God allows rather than God wills. We need to get on with things. We need to stop regretting things that have happened or stop regretting things that might happen and deal with things as they are. We cannot cause things to lead to a horrible effect. And with unanswered questions and by relying on people who have their own personal interests at heart, like getting the votes, 
we are not doing anything that's going to improve our own country. If an effect is a, like a lawn of green grass, the cause is weed control and moisture. If an effect is a perpetual field of weeds, then the cause may be that no one cares, stuff happens, or someone chose to let the weeds go to seed and remain out of control. We often actually choose an effect because we ignore the cause. So the gist is this. Sometimes unavoidable things happen or events lead to an unsolvable result. It's over. We need to salvage what we can in tangible things and memories and continue, even if continuing is painful. When we see things happening, a potential cause, we can either choose to do nothing or we can try to change what is happening for a different result. Sometimes we choose to make something happen by being a part of setting up an action, a cause, but we need to accept the fact that it might cause conflict. We are engineering a cause to get a result or an effect. The point is to do something, intentionally ignore, perform a response, or foment change. We need to be aware of life around us. It's our responsibility. Thank you so much for listening. This is Jane Nelson O'Leary, and I invite you to return and listen to more of the knickknacks stored in my memories and thoughts.